Welcome to HIPAA Talk. Andrew Kroeninger, Director of Customer Success at Total HIPAA Compliance, recently spoke with Gil Vidal, founder and president of VMRacks, a HIPAA-compliant cloud management company. Andrew and Gil discussed Gmail and its potential for HIPAA compliance. If your business uses G Suite, you must take the necessary steps to properly secure your information on this platform. Join us as we provide tips for observing HIPAA rules and regulations while using Gmail for your business. Thank you for joining today's podcast. Today we're going to talk about is Gmail HIPAA compliant? I am Andrew Croninger, the Director of Customer Success with Total HIPAA Compliance. And on the telephone we have the founder and CTO of VMRAC. Gil, welcome. Yes, thank you for having me here today, Andrew. I really appreciate it. So, Gil, could you just give us a, a short rundown on what VMRAC is and, and uh, your role there? Sure. VMRAC is a company that I founded back in 1997, and we started off doing hosting and email, and we continue to do that to this day. And in 2010, we decided to focus on the medical data, protecting medical data and doing HIPAA hosting and email. We've been asked by our customers about HIPAA compliance and how that relates to Gmail. And is Gmail HIPAA compliant? Yeah, Andrew, I think there's a, a misconception that we see when we get phone calls from people that want HIPAA compliant email. They believe that it must be secure because it's electronic. That's one factor. Or uh, more popular is they think it's secure because there's a single recipient. In other words, they're sending it to Sally at Acme.com and she's the only one who's going to see this email. Therefore, it must be secure. And that's so far from the truth because that email travels through the internet, touching different servers along the way. I think that is the biggest misconception that I see. Yeah, I, I agree. We have a lot of customers that, that also share that misconception. So when we talk about being HIPAA compliant, one of the things that keeps coming up is PHI, or protected health information. What's your definition of protected health information, and what's the big deal about emailing it? Protected health information, or in my world, we call it E, little lowercase e, PHI, because it's electronic, E-P-H-I. Uh, that information that has to do with a person's well-being, their medical history is PHI, However, if that data is, is protected and it's not associated with the person's name, may not be considered PHI. For example, if somebody is part of a study and they volunteer their blood pressure value, but they don't give their name, then that data could be published with their permission. Okay, so it's, it's um, data that can be uniquely identified back to the patient or the person. It, exactly right. It has to be identified back to a particular patient. So that's, I think that's a key point. So what's the big deal about emailing it? What's, what's the hazard in doing that? Yeah, so let's say that someone emails, a, a medical office emails someone's x-ray. In fact, I had a doctor email me something that, that I went to see him for, and I noticed he was just using like a Yahoo account. The problem is that the email travels to the internet and it's hitting different servers along the way. 
and you don't know if those servers are secure and protected. So that means that someone listening in, some hacker that knows what they're doing could be listening on the line, intercept that information and say, aha, I have this X-ray and I know it's associated with this particular person. So it could be intercepted if it's not encrypted. Someone could read it and, you know, they, they now have that data. They can do whatever they want with that. So how would you describe the characteristics of a HIPAA-compliant email? Yeah, that's a great question. So picture the email that's going outbound, and then there's a recipient. From end to end, it needs to be encrypted. Uh, the other thing is there should be two-factor authentication. A lot of our customers are using Gmail, so we get a lot of questions about Gmail. Does Gmail meet that criteria? Is it HIPAA-compliant? The short answer is, is Google and Gmail are secure, but the recipient and his infrastructure may not be. Uh, so that's really, that's really the understanding that I think the audience needs to have about that. Um, and so there are steps you can take to secure Gmail, but that takes additional effort. I've heard of Google automated processing, where Google actually is scanning the emails going back and forth, obviously that would be a, a concern if you're shipping uh, PHI or EPHI in clear text. Uh, that's why the encryption is so important because once you encrypt an email message, then not even Google, unless they have the encryption key, can read that. So that's, okay. that's, one, of the, that's one of the standards in, in email in general is to encrypt it so that it's protected and, and no roaming eyes can see that. When we're talking about Gmail, I understand there's basically two versions of that. There's the normal, what I would call user version, which is, you know, anybody can sign up for, and then there's the G Suite's email version. What is the primary differences? I use both. I have a free account for personal use, and then I have the professional use for my business. Um, the business account gives us control. So we're able to go in there and apply policies to all the employees. For example, we like to say, look, all the employees have to use two-factor authentication. They can't log in unless that's enabled. And you can't do that with the free one. Um, the other thing is you get a lot more storage space with the G Suite paid account. And another big selling point is that you get a personal domain. So if you're Acme.com, you can create, you know, emails at acme.com with the free version. You can't do that. You're stuck with at gmail.com. So I think those are the, the main points. The only other one I can think of is the SLA, the service level agreement. Google is going to give a much higher uptime and availability of their professional service versus the free service. So I'm, and I haven't seen the free service go down very often, but in any case, they guarantee uptime for the business suite. What is a business associate agreement, and why would your company need one? The, the BAA is a legal document, and what it does is it ties two companies together that are handling medical data. And by that, it means it, it gives us both responsibilities. So the services we provide for, say, a hospital, they sign the BAA with us, and we're responsible for the medical data as they are. We, we share equally in the responsibility. In the old days, you didn't have to sign that. And so if something happened, for example, a breach, 
then there was a lot of finger pointing. I would point to the hospital, you didn't follow the right policies, they would point to me, no, you're my security guy, you didn't do a good job. And a lot of finger pointing now with the VA, it resolves that. You know, we're both responsible equally and we have to work together as a team to secure the data. And with Google, they will sign a BAA. Now, as you can imagine, a billion dollar company, they don't have anyone there with a paper and pen that's gonna sign it. They have an automated process that if you have the paid business account, you go to their privacy section and click several buttons and eventually you can create a document that they've digitally signed that's called the BAA between you and, and Google. Excellent, excellent. And that is really another factor that's important in, in having G Suites be HIPAA compliant, right? You need to have that BAA in place. Yeah, that's uh, more on the administrative side administrative safeguard it's called and it is a legal requirement that you have that so absolutely it's important and any company that's handling your medical data you need to ask them for a BAA and they sh should have one if they don't you can always get one from the internet and have your attorney review it and then send it to them so they can sign it and and Gail how much work is required to make a, a, a Gmail or, or G Suites mail uh, HIPAA compliant. Is it easy enough for the average business to figure out and implement? Well, no, it's, it's actually very technical. And so your average business owner, say a small medical practice, they, they wouldn't be able to do that. However, they can employ a third party like Zix uh, or Virtru, V-I-R-T-R-U, Virtru. And they, these two companies have agreements with Google where they've written a module, an add-on module to your Gmail account that if you pay for that to directly to Zix or Virtru, then they'll guide you through it. They'll enable the module on the phone or on a conference call and they'll show you how to enable that. Then your emails will be encrypted and secure. But you need to work with a third-party provider. It's, it's not something that you can just do yourself. I have a question. When we're talking about Gmail, once that email gets sent outside of Google, it's no longer specifically under their control. What's the ramifications of that? Yeah, let, let me just back up and explain a little bit. So on the internet, uh, when you type in HTTPS, most people now these days know that that last S means security and it's important. And that's usually secure by the TLS, so that's transport layer security. That TLS is a protocol that is used by email servers as well. And so companies like ours that have email servers and web servers, we need to use this TLS protocol. But we realize there are many, many companies that don't update their security protocol. So in other words, their email server, their web server, has this old, old protocol that's got all sorts of vulnerabilities that our friends over in the Ukraine and Russia and wherever else know how to get through that. And so it's important that the email be encrypted so if there, it does go through a weak security layer, it's, it's protected. So that's what specifically we mean when we say once it leaves Gmail, you don't know the other parties if they've kept their security tools up to date. That it, it's so important to encrypt that email 
So once it leaves Google, it is still secured. Yes, that, that's exactly right. So Virtue and Zix have a form of encryption that each user own at a high level security. And so uh, Virtue, for example, has a Chrome browser or Firefox extension. And you enable that extension, and once you enable it, you tell it which email account you want to have encrypted. And from that point forward, any email you send from that particular account will be encrypted before it sends it out. The recipient also has to have uh, not the plug-in, but they have to authorize and authenticate in order to receive the email. Zix used something called GAME, which stands for you know, the Google G Suite Messaging Encryption Protocol, but I believe it's something, something similar. So you would have to install this add-on is, is essentially um, the trick here, the technique, and then from that point forward, emails are secure. A company's gone through the steps and they've done all the things they've needed to do to be HIPAA-compliant email. That doesn't mean that you're in full compliance with the HIPAA law, right? So if you have encrypted email, your employees have it, you feel very good about it, and you say, hey, we're compliant now. But then you notice you have an employee who decides it's time to go to lunch, and he left his desktop open where you can see the screens. And he has his Gmail secure Gmail open where he's in the middle of writing an email to a patient with their x-ray attachment. And he's at lunch across the street. You walk by his monitor and you go, hey, wait a minute. That monitor should have a screensaver. It should be locked. There happens to be a window on the street where people can browse in and go look at that x-ray on the screen. I mean, you've, you've just um, broken the HIPAA regulations. So there's more to it than just technology. Your, your whole business needs to be HIPAA compliant. Your employees need to be trained and the desktop set up properly to lock when they walk away. Uh, so there's, there's more administrative and training that has to go on in addition to the technology. That's how I like to think about it. So policies and procedures are supported by the technology. Yeah, that's right. So the companies need to adopt policies and procedures. They need to review them, make sure that they have quarterly training or you know, training every few months for the employees. And it's a good idea to have an administrator, someone that that employee could go to and say, hey, I'm not sure my system's set up right. Someone that's available, you know, that can help them out if they have any questions on how to use their, their desktop in a secure way. PHI must be protected at rest in transit and in storage, which is really what we've been talking about today. How can you ensure that ePHI in emails is protected in all those states? For these Gmail solutions, a lot of them will go by keywords. So when, when you draft an email, you, you typically put in a subject, and a lot of them have a policy that you can say, for example, if I see the word secure or encryption in the subject, then the software will automatically encrypt it. But sometimes, as you can imagine, someone might write the word security or encryption and misspell it. That email would go out unencrypted. So I think it's smarter to just designate all their email should be encrypted. It's too risky, in my estimation, to allow a policy that's very popular based on subject line. And instead, I think that for certain employees or certain domain, that every email that goes out of there should be encrypted. So there's quite a bit that an individual can do once they buy these services to enable them and configure them 
in a in a way that takes on best practices. And that's a great point. Um, it, it's sort of like passwords, right? In, in a lot of cases, the user is the the weakest link. <laughs> if they don't follow the yeah. process, then then that's a problem. So that's right. Are there ways to audit these emails periodically to make sure that that an individual is adhering to the compliance policies and procedures? And is there a way to force encryption in REST and transit and storage with Gmail or G Suite mail? Yeah, I, I think the the use of the Google Vault is one of the things that an employer can do. That's provided when you sign up for G Suite encrypted email, you also get something called the Vault. And it has a retention period, but a manager can go in there and review emails from anyone at any time, and it'll keep them for many, many years. So that's one auditing tool that's available. Um, the other thing that I've seen, which is a concern, is that with some of these tools, like the one I mentioned where you install a Chrome add-on or a Firefox add-on that does the encryption, it's very easy to turn that off accidentally. For example, an employee gets a new, new computer, new laptop. He starts sending emails again. He forgot to turn on the encrypted module provided by Virtua Zix. So another option would be to use Office 365. And I know we're talking about Gmail in this podcast, but Office 365 has a neat feature that doesn't require an add-on. And you can enable all the emails coming from a domain to be encrypted. So there's no way for an employee to get around that. Even if they get a new laptop and they start sending emails from that account, they're all going to be encrypted because it doesn't require an add-on. So that's one of the more popular solutions that we've been promoting because of what you just said. We want to be sure that at rest, in storage, and in transit, those emails are encrypted. So I, I think at this stage, you know, Office 365 has the edge on that uh, over some of these solutions with Gmail. But they're very competitive. So, you know, sure enough, two months from now, Gmail may, may catch up and then offer some other technology that will help in that regard. I'm sure there's organizations out there that are not HIPAA compliant and as far as their emails will go, and they're sending PHI unsecured. What happens when a violation like that occurs? Typically, there has to be some kind of a whistleblower. It could be the patient themselves who said, hey, I found out my medical history was plastered on Facebook or somehow it leaked out. But if it gets to court, then the HIPAA regulations say that your fine would be anywhere from $100 to $50,000 per medical record. So if your business is handling, you know, 100 records and they all get leaked out via email, that's a, a fine, if I'm doing my math right, of $20,000. And then further, if someone gets an email that they're not supposed to see and they forward it to their buddies and that buddy forwards it to somebody else, each forward is considered a new fine up to $1.5 million. So it could multiply like a virus very quickly. So even though it was just a few emails, as they get forwarded, that attorney's going to count his pennies and start multiplying it out to find out what your fine is, and it can be pretty pretty significant. So, Gil, what haven't we covered? Yes, I think we missed an important aspect, which is the management of the mobile devices. We all know that these smartphones in our pocket 
are very powerful and we use them all the time for business. So you really want to choose a solution that incorporates your smartphone. For example, we talked about a Chrome add-on. Well, you, guess what? You can't add that extension that I'm aware of on the mobile phone. So that presents a limitation. Now, it's been a little while since I checked with Virtue, which is the one that we promote more. So maybe they added something lately. But I know with um, the other solution, Office 365, their um, mobile app will would be encrypted. So I think the mobile device sector, tablets, and and the phones is something that you need to test and send a message. Get on the phone and send it to yourself and then see if it's encrypted. I would test that no matter what the vendor said because I want to see it with my own eyeballs. Um, and I think that's something that in general I see our customers remiss on. When they buy our services even, I encourage them to test it out, you know, but they, they just tr they're too trusting. They trust that we're doing exactly what we say, and I, and I think in technology, which can fail, it's, it behooves the manager to sit down and test things occasionally on their own. Well, that's a really good point. I didn't even consider the mobile device management as being a, a, a risk, but it sure is. Thanks for bringing that up. So, Gil, that, that concludes my questions for today. I want to thank you for your time and sharing your, yours and VMware's knowledge and insight into HIPAA and compliance and how it relates to Gmail. And uh, just a thank you to our listeners, and we hope to see you on the next podcast. Thank you, Andrew. I've enjoyed it. VMRACS is a leading provider of HIPAA compliance solutions that enable government agencies, healthcare providers, and business organizations around the world to secure their protected health information from data breaches, threats, and security vulnerabilities. VMRACS provides a portfolio of HIPAA compliant and managed cloud solutions. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of HIPAA Talk. If you have any questions for our experts, you can find us on Twitter at TotalHIPAA or visit our website, www.totalhippa.com or email us at info at totalhippa.com. Thanks for listening.